Welcome to Super Best Friends Video Game Sleepover, episode one. You're listening to the number one video game podcast on the internet that features my best friends. <laughs> I'm one of your hosts, Adam Redding. Joining me is my best friend, Mike Lopez. How we doing? And my best friend, David Tate. Hey, that's me. Hi, guys. Hooray. The Super Best Friends Video Game Sleepover podcast will be coming to you every fortnight uh, with each of us coming to the table with one burning topic from the world of gaming. But first, what's going on in the news, guys? What's happening? Uh, uh, stuff is happening. Yeah. Stuff, things, <laughs> strong things start, happen. gentlemen. Strong start. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the uh, well, PlayStation Plus October games were revealed. Oh yeah, yeah. So that's happening October the seventh. Yeah, Drive Club showing up. Yeah, Drive yeah. What's okay? So what's the deal with that? It, it's not the full game, right? Right. Yeah, uh, PlayStation Plus edition of Drive Club is what we get on uh, Tuesday the seventh. Um, basically, it's uh, ten of the cars and eleven tracks. Which is more than enough drive club for this guy. Yeah, like, I'm I'm more than satisfied with that because I'm I'm always the guy who plays the demo of the racing game. Is like that was fun. I'm I'm done. You know? <laughs> so true. <laughs> so that's pretty cool. Um, that's for PS4, obviously. Um, yeah, we're also PS4. We're PS4 guys. In case you guys didn't know, Adam and I, anyway. Yeah, someday soon and soon to be yeah. Mike. Yeah. Um, but yeah, then. Uh, also, uh, Dust and Elysian Tale, which was uh, on 360 like last year or the year before. Yeah, it looks really good. It's like a like a Metroidvania style game, from what I understand. Um, it looked kind of RPG ish, um, but yeah, I, I, it got really good reviews when it came out for it 360. Cool. So that's kind of a cool one. Yeah, that's that's a cool one to to get for free for sure. And then Spelunky is finally hitting PS4, which is awesome. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm actually looking forward to trying that, even though I will probably hate it. But uh, we'll go into that. Maybe we'll go into that later. I don't know. We'll is, did uh, yeah. did we hear? Is that uh, cross by with the Vita? Yeah, it should be. Awesome. Yeah. So you should be getting the Vita version as well. Um, yeah, and the, I think the cool thing a lot of people are excited about Spelunky because uh, on PS4 because of the streaming. Uh, there's a huge streaming scene for this oh, game yeah. um, on PC. So um, yeah, just people speed running it and you know sharing oh. their crazy tactics and everything. So you can actually learn watch some of those and like learn how to not suck at the game huh. <laughs> you know i didn't even you know. know that that was a thing on twitch on twitch oh, i'm yeah. assuming right yeah it's twitch okay um and then ps3 gets arkham asylum and uh, dungeons and dragons game um arkham asylum if you've never played it it's one of the greats one yeah that game is of... unbelievable that i can't imagine that anyone hasn't played that game yet but if you haven't it's free so yeah, it's free. You have no excuses now. That's PS3. Um, on Vita, we get Rainbow Moon. Really excited about that. Uh, which, yeah, that's supposed to be a really excellent uh, strategy RPG, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, I think in the vein of like Final Fantasy Tactics. I can mm. tell you, I don't know anything about that game, but judging from the title, um, it doesn't sound like it'd be my kind of thing. What? What? Why are you guys excited about it? I love Final Fantasy Tactics, so even anything pretending to be that, I'm probably going to jump on board. Okay. Are there rainbows and moons? I I can only hope. I have no idea what it's about. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I know um, old Colin Moriarty from IGN, he raves about that game all day long. Mm. So that's that's kind of a cool, uh, a good recommendation. Um, But yeah, and then Picks the Cat also coming to Vita for free. That looks really cool. I don't know anything about that one actually. So that one's okay. like, uh, from what I understand, it's like a, in the vein or like the art style is like a very nineteen like twenties cartoon, and it plays like a Pac Man styled puzzle game. Wow. Yeah, it's it's very bizarre. Oh, okay. It looks really cool. Oh man, speaking of that nineteen twenties thirties era animation, have you guys seen uh, Cuphead? I have. Yes, I 
I think that one's Xbox One exclusive, at least timed exclusive. It might be. Okay, yeah, that game looks. But I'm looking so forward cool. to playing it's like that. A, it, it it looks like a Mega Man game if all of the art assets were like 1930s cartoon, like old Mickey Mouse cartoon or something. Wow, that that sounds it, really cool. I, you yeah. guys, I feel so out of it. I don't, I haven't heard of any of these like <laughs> games that you guys have been talking about. Um, I, well, you are you are our East Coast correspondent. Um, that's right. I should mention. I should mention. David is out in New York City, and uh, Mike and I are here in Southern California. And out here, they tell us about all the games. Yeah, in New York City, they tend to only tell us about a few of the games. And, uh... <laughs> okay, and then uh, Games with Gold. Uh, Xbox One gets uh, the indie game Chariot, which kind of looked cool. I, I I didn't know much about it, so I, I checked out a video on that one, and it uh, it looks kind of... Um, it's like almost like a, co- a cooperative platformer where you have to get this cumbersome chariot <laughs> across these various stages. Um, looked pretty cool. And then 360 gets Battlefield Bad Company 2, uh, which I loved the first one. I never played uh, Bad Company 2. I played 2 just like a little tiny bit, but uh, I, I had the same problem with it that I have with every Battlefield game, which is no one I know buys it. So, <laughs> I, so I never get to play it with anyone, and I tend to only play games with people. So yeah, I, I'm, I'm more, you know, it's kind of like my, uh, it's my socialization, you know, like, you know, sure, I go out into the real world and socialize, but, you know, my closer friends don't live near me, so I get to go hang out with them online, and so... Yeah, like like Destiny Party last night. Yeah, Destiny was... Party last night that Mike wasn't invited to. I sure to. wasn't. Oh, he sure wasn't. And Eric, <laughs> uh, poor Eric. <laughs> poor Eric. Crying into his DualShock 4 all night long, because we didn't invite him to our fire team. Um, <laughs> but yeah, the... Uh, anyway, um, and then Darksiders 2 also comes to 360. I played a little bit of the first one on, on PS3. Um, and it was, it was pretty good. Mike, yeah. you played more of that. I made it about probably three-fourths the way through it. Um, the gameplay is, is super solid. It's really, really fun. Um, action platformer, uh, almost in the vein of like a, a Zelda-type game. Uh, but I just didn't care about the story, so I, I never yeah, I, it. I have started and not yeah. finished both one and two of the Darksiders games, um, mostly because, like, you know... There still has not been a high definition Zelda game, and I was like, well, maybe Darksiders will kind of fill, you know fulfill that that need. And uh, I just never was able to get into yeah. the story, like the same problem I had. So I don't know what the deal was. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, the well, with the exception of uh, Wind Waker HD. Oh, that's let's true. Not but our Wii U friends I, mad. Yeah. It's a remake. But it's a remake. It's a remake. I, I know what you mean. That new Zelda game yeah. looks amazing, by the way. Oh, yeah. You I see can't, the E3 stuff I can't on wait that? to see more. I want to see, like, an actual trailer. Yeah. I want to see. I want to Show me mm-hmm. that game, Nintendo. Show it to me. Yes. Yeah. I'm I'm kind of done getting excited over Zelda games until I've actually seen them. <laughs> I always feel like the trailers look amazing, and then the game comes out. It's like, yeah, it's, it's okay. Yeah. Did, like... It's another <laughs> Zelda game. You're going to run through temples. You're going to get a hook shot. You're gonna fight Ganon. It's true, <laughs> but it's gonna be it's gonna be magical. Though. That's true. I mean, you Nintendo has this thing where it's just it's always magical. Like, didn't they pull actually with Wind Waker? Yeah, didn't they kind of pull like a hey, here's a trailer for Zelda, and then it came out and it looked 100 percent different, and everyone was like really upset, yes. and and they everyone was calling it Zelda. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> but it it ended up being like one of my favorite Zeldas ever. So. You know, and I was ashamed to admit, but I I didn't have a GameCube, so um, I 
I didn't own that game until recently. I bought Mario Kart uh, for Wii U, and uh, and then I, it came with a voucher for a free download what? of Wind Waker HD. I didn't know that. Yeah, so I got it for free. Oh, man. That I need to awesome. go get Mario Kart really um, fast. I'll be right back. <laughs> Mario Kart's really good, too. Um, but yeah, next in the news, uh, Destiny loot system oh, was man. fixed. You guys heard, I'm sure, about the debacle where, you know, the, the loot cave, the infamous loot cave... Uh, where people were just sitting there farming for uh, engrams all day long because the loot system was so broken. Uh, there was no, especially once you hit level twenty, you know, it, people. The only way to level up is to is to get these uh, legendary items and everything. So it's just like, if the only way to do that was to stand and <laughs> and shoot into a cave for hours, people were going to do sounds it. Sounds tremendously unfun. Um, oh man! Yeah, it really, it really does. I've seen people doing it, and it's just like. Oh, so this is again, bad. this is like a job. I mean, Destiny is out for PS3, but all my friends are playing on PS4. So I'm just going to wait for that uh-huh. one. But can you guys explain to me, like, how does that engram system work? Like, why why is it so difficult to get loot? Uh, okay. Well, I can I can tackle this one. Um, so okay, so the level cap, like for like regular experience, is uh, level twenty. Um, but what Bungie did is they like unlock this uh, light system once you hit level twenty. And you can pick up items that have like a light number attached to it. So like one light or three light or, you know, I think some items can go up to, what is it, 10? Can they go up to, or can they go even more than that? Do you know, Adam? I'm not sure because I'm a lowly level 17. (laughs) Well, I just hit 20 last night while we were having our uh, super fun Destiny hangout without Mike. And, uh, (laughs) (laughs) And, um, like, so they were like, hey, now you can get items with light. And so what it is is you get like rare, more rare items, um, and they're either I think they can only be purple or orange. Is that right? Purple or orange items might have uh, a random light number assigned to it, and then as you use those items, they level up and they can help you level up. Yeah, and, uh, I think the maximum you can get right now with light engrams or whatever it's called um, is level thirty. Right? I think that's right. Yeah, I, I haven't gotten into all that yet, but the thing that I've been reading is that um, previously, before this patch, it was just a couple of days ago, um, previously, like you, you could sit there and farm the, the loot cave for hours and then finally get a legendary item drop, and then you take it to the Cryptarch, which is at the tower, um, to decrypt it and then get your item, whatever it's going to be, and the chances of you getting an actual legendary item that was useful for your class were extremely slim. And so it was just like this very punishing uh, system that they had in place. And so, yeah, they, they've kind of eased up to where now you're guaranteed, at least with a legendary uh, drop, to get a legendary item or better. So that that kind of... I'm, I'm kind of glad I haven't hit level 20 yet because mm-hmm. now it's yep. fixed. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah and so, in fact, the uh, Cryptarch... Uh, was so bad at giving you engrams of the same color that you gave him um, that he someone created a Cryptarch Twitter account um, where he just kind of trolls people. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it, was, it was actually really funny. Actually, I haven't kept up with it since the patch. I wonder if, if they've stopped. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Yeah. So uh, moving right along, uh, Alien Isolation Review came, uh, the embargo lifted, right. and... Uh, the scores are not great. It's it seems really mixed. Yeah, I was actually really excited about this one. Um, and I'd still like to try it. Yeah, I mean that's the thing. Like uh, Polygon gave it a six five, IGN gave it a five nine. Other you know uh, outlets gave it sevens and eights. Um, 
up to i think there was a a uk outlet that gave it a 10 even so wow, it kind of it, it really ranges but um i think kotaku gave it you know they don't do a number system over there so mm-hmm. they gave it a yes rating um you know with with some caveats listed in the review and everything but it sounds like the game just kind of outstays its mm. welcome um you'll, you'll be playing it maybe loving it for the first few hours and then you know it just keeps going and going and a couple of times during the campaign you'll think okay this is the end you know <laughs> and then it keeps going for like hours oh, and hours man. more <laughs> kind of like the tomb raider thing mike yeah. you remember that uh the the tomb raider reboot i've definitely felt that way like oh yeah. i'm at the end and then like nope huh. i got a few hours i'm left. pretty sure when i started playing that i told you on like three separate occasions like, yeah i think i'm at the end of the game and every day i'd come back to work yeah like, nope. <laughs> not i don't i don't know where the end is <laughs> that's funny i i didn't experience that with tomb raider i actually loved every second of it um i, ha- I had a lot of fun with tomb raider no yeah. i i really um, enjoyed it but, too yeah i listened to a Polygon just started this new podcast um, where they allow the reviewers to discuss in more detail why they gave the sco- uh, the scores that they did. And um, I forget what it's called, but it- it's really interesting. And so they had the guy who reviewed um, Alien on there. And he said, he said basically the same thing you just said, Adam. Um, and he like, he went into detail, like the alien uh, starts uh, showing up way more often uh, toward the end. And you can't kill the aliens, so like it's just this thing that keeps stopping you and killing you. And then the checkpoint, add that to a checkpoint system that is very brutal, where you have to go to these special rooms to save. And uh, uh, you know, it- mm-hmm. and I kind of, I kind of like that. Like it kind of harkens back to the original the Resident Evil ribbons. one and two, where you had the ink, you had the ink ribbons to where you're playing, and you're, there's all this tension just surrounding: can I save here, or should I save here? Um, or should I brave the next couple corridors and then try to save? So I kind of don't mind that as much. But yeah, I've I read that uh, you know a lot of people are saying essentially you know I wish I could see at the end like stats on how many hours I spent like hiding <laughs> in a cabinet somewhere, you know. <laughs> and I'm not, I, it's that that Metal mm-hmm. Gear Solid yeah, syndrome, yeah. you know, <laughs> like where you're sitting there like oh, now I got to wait a minute and a half, like I'm gonna go get a cup of coffee and come back, and then maybe it'll be clear. <laughs> yeah, my my understanding um, from a lot of the mixed reviews I'm reading is um, you can't really predict the alien AI. It's it's very kind of random, so you'll hide. And sometimes that hide is totally successful, even though you may have to hide for several minutes. And other times, the scenario seems exactly the same. You hide, and it just, from across the room, it, it scouts you and finds you and kills you. And you're not always sure why you yeah. died. Hmm. Like, I hid, he didn't see me, but he still found me anyway. And then because of that brutal yeah, checkpoint system, you're repeating all of this content with, like, no guarantee that your hiding spot is going to, you know, save you. So it sounds yeah. like you might be repeating some content uh, quite a bit in that game, and, and I'm sure that's pretty frustrating for a lot of people. Yeah. I definitely hate the games yeah, where yeah. you die over and over and over and over again and you're you have to go back and replay like 15 to 30 minutes. That's just I I'm not a big fan. So I'll actually probably skip Alien altogether. That's yeah, it's one of those things like especially, you know, we're grown men. Hey, speak for yourself. We, even though we're sitting here talking about <laughs> video games, <laughs> even though we're sitting talking about video games on a fake radio show, as Mike's <laughs> wife put it. Um, <laughs> the we're grown men and we have things to do. So, like, yeah, replaying sections of games over and over is not one of my uh, priorities. Yeah, it's not something I look forward to doing. But um, oh, anyone excited for Smash Brothers on 3DS? I can't say that I'm excited about it. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll go into more detail later about why that is. But I'm 
Yeah, like I, I, it's reviewed really well, but yeah, the same thing. Like we're gonna wait and just get it on Wii U because it's, it's that game is all about local multiplayer. It seems kind of crazy, unless you know a lot yeah. of people with 3DSs who you're gonna, you know, hop online with and play. Like it seems weird. Oh, I'm just gonna say I, I've never been excited about a Smash game. Oh man, <laughs> I, 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 I love fighting games, but there's something about the the way that Smash plays. Like I just, I don't know, it, it, I, I can't get into it. Oh man, I'm, I'm sorry. Yeah, it's okay. I forgive you. <laughs> I forgive you. What happened to you, Mike? All those years ago. <laughs> so um, the Bloodborne Alpha is going on right now. I saw some folks tweeting like that they got into the Alpha and like tweeting like a screenshot, and I was just like, Ugh, I'm jealous. That game looks really, really good. It that looks that game looks like what I wanted uh, Dark Souls to be. I mean, I didn't play Dark Souls. You played Demon Souls, right? Mike? I played Demon Souls and then uh, a little bit of Dark Souls, which is very very similar i think i've heard mm-hmm. about bloodborne but i'm not 100 percent sure is it was it a kickstarter game no no uh bloodborne is uh essentially you know demon souls was made by from software uh in japan and it was a ps3 exclusive and it did pretty well and then basically the next game i guess they were only under contract for that one game but sony owns that ip um and so the next game came around and they went multi-platform and it's this exact it's basically the same game dark souls with a slightly different name um, multi-platform and yeah it was this massive success um, so I don't know if they were under any kind of obligation to Sony to do another Demon Souls game and they just decided to call it something else or if this was just uh, Sony paid you know backed up a dump truck <laughs> of cash to from software and said hey make us a, a Dark Souls game that's exclusive to PS4 but but yeah so um, but yeah that's basically it this is essentially um you know, the next Dark Souls game, but it's an exclusive, which is kind of a huge coup for Sony. Yeah. I, you know, if, if if you ask me, um, I've heard a lot of people saying like, oh, Xbox One has the best exclusives. Um, but, you know, really, I think I actually think the Sony, the PS4 has the best exclusives so far of this current generation. Um, but uh, also on top of that, though, I find myself growing more and more uh, unhappy with exclu- the idea of exclusives. Um like, I don't know how you guys feel about this, but, um, like, it feels like over the last 10 years, I you know, I watch pretty much every E3 online as, as much as I can anyway. I, I think they've been, I mean, they've been online for almost 10 years now. Um, and, like, like, at first, you know, I remember Microsoft announcing, and Halo will be exclusive for Xbox, and everyone's like, yay! <laughs> but, like, it seems like over the last 10 years, like, when they announce, and this game will be exclusive for our platform, like it seems like it's more like, yay. Like, the- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because it's like, I, everyone just wants to be able to buy one console and play everything they want to play, I think. And so when, it's, when I see stuff like Sunset Overdrive that looks super fun, or, um, or you know, because um, I, I bought the PS4 and I don't have the cash to buy an Xbox One. Uh, but yeah, like, and what's the other game? Um, quantum break that looks really cool oh yeah um, so yeah there's cool. some there's some definite xbox one exclusive that i Ori in the blind forest looks really yeah, good that looks i hope awesome. that game does well um below is coming first to xbox one the new capybara games uh did you ever play super time force or uh, sword and sorcery i played i played sword and sorcery and yeah sword and sorcery is great that is probably the only mobile game i've ever loved so <laughs> yeah <laughs> i really loved that game and yeah so that's their new game and uh, it looks great. Um, but yeah, that'll probably end up coming elsewhere, you know, PS4, or what have you. But um, but yeah, I'm kind of with you. Like I, I get I'm more annoyed, especially like the the third party exclusives. Um, 
in this this case, Bloodborne worked in my favor because I already have this console. <laughs> but yeah, the in the, like the Tomb Raider <laughs> sequel, that one kind of miffed oh me a bit. Goodness. I was like, even though yeah. even though I can wait and it's fine, and we get Uncharted, and that's I can sleep at night because of that. But I, I at the same time, it's just a little annoying, you know. Yeah, oh, well, definitely, especially because when they released the remastered version, they made such a big hullabaloo about how much better the PS4 version looks than the uh, Xbox One version. And uh, then all of a sudden, Microsoft's like, oh, yeah, we'll show you. You don't get the next Tomb Raider for a few months. <laughs> it was a slap on the wrist. <laughs> how dare you say it looks better? <laughs> All right, you guys want to hop into some Twitter questions? Let's, yeah, let's absolutely. do it. I can't believe this is our first episode and we already have Twitter questions, by the way. That's yeah, pretty awesome. I, I reached out to some folks and it was I was thinking I'm nobody is going to respond because it's our first episode. Nobody knows anything <laughs> about the podcast. Um, and uh, yeah, and actually almost every single person I reached out to um, sent in a really awesome question. Some, a couple of people sent in multiple good questions. We'll have to spread out over a couple of weeks. Um, but yeah, um, Shane Boulder writes in with a uh, question. What game did you play the most with your friends during sleepovers? Oh, man. During sleepovers. Man, yeah. we played a lot of Titanfall. <laughs> yeah. That, and those are the recent sleep, uh, sleepovers. Um, but yeah, going way back. back way in the day. back. So, so back Adam, and I, Adam and I went to high school together. Um, this was back in the 90s, if you'd like to know how old we are. And... Uh, <laughs> And I actually, I have really fond memories of a single player game that we played together all the time, which was uh, Silent Hill 2. Oh, um, yeah. I, I don't, did we rent it or, no, I, I owned it. I owned it. But yeah. um, <laughs> Adam, you know, Adam was the guy in the driver's seat and I would just watch. And, um, you know, every time he would come over, I'd be like, Adam, we need to play some Silent Hill 2. And Adam, what would you say? I'd be like, uh, nah, I'm too scared. No, come on. We got to play Silent Hill 2. You got to play it. You got to do it. Nah. And then and then eventually David gets the 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 <laughs> PlayStation controller and just kind of like eases it onto the coffee table in front of me and I'd be like, eh. and it's sitting on the title screen and I pick it up and like then we play for like 3 or 4 hours. <laughs> <laughs> and just butt clenched monkey fearing the entire time. Um so oh, yeah. Man. Good so times. that was a good one. Uh as far as uh, the one that instantly came to mind for me is Goldeneye. Yeah, oh, how, so much. How Goldeneye. many? Yeah, how many millions of hours did we dump into Goldeneye on N sixty four? I know. I wish. I wish there were like stats somewhere that like tracked <laughs> all of that, so we could go back and see. Also, I wish, you know, like this generation has it so spoiled. I sound old now, but this generation has it so spoiled <laughs> with with all the Twitch integration in their games and everything. They can go back and like. Hey, you remember when we played this game and they can go back and watch it. And that, yeah. that's cool. Like that that's almost like home videos for video games and uh I don't have anything like that. Oh my for, gosh, this yeah. this generation has the internet. Um when I was a kid, <laughs> so very true. You, your you your parents bought you a game and you just hoped it was good. There's no <laughs> way to verify so it. True. And 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 you probably played it enough to even if the gameplay was bad just get over it and learn how to work within that bad gameplay and actually beat the game yeah <laughs> mm-hmm. uh i'd say sleepover um, game for me was probably street fighter alpha oh yeah. yeah lots of that oh you know another game that we played a lot um on the super in, back in the super nintendo days was uh killer instinct oh, oh yeah. yeah 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 i i actually loved 
uh, playing that game so much that I that I bought the soundtrack <laughs> from Nintendo oh, Power, and uh, I actually found the CD uh, about a year ago and listened to it. And oh, it is so bad. It's just the worst <laughs> '90s techno you've ever heard in your life. Oh, and I funny. loved it. I listened to it when I was doing my homework for hours and hours and hours. Oh, that's pretty amazing. Okay, uh, Cubby Rabe writes in. Uh, what will be the most anticipated RPG out this year? There are some big ones coming out, and how will each fare? Um, the only, I mean, I'm going to assume you you mean the ones that haven't come out yet. So yeah, RPGs that haven't come out yet. So most anticipated for the you know the last quarter of the year. Uh, it kind of made it easier because uh, The Witcher Three got delayed. Yeah, I, I would have said The Witcher <laughs> yeah. Three, but with that being delayed, yeah. I'd say Dragon Age Inquisition is kind of the only thing that yeah. comes to mind. Yeah, for, same for me. Yeah, Dragon Age Inquisition was like my front runner. Um, Elder Scrolls Online is hitting consoles. Um, oh, I think in December sure it is. or November. Sure it is. Wait, isn't um, it already on? Consoles? No, it was delayed by six months. It's out on PC. Oh man, all this time I thought it was out. Yeah, a lot of people might get into that. Who knows? It, the subscription thing, uh, that fee might kind of hurt it. Uh, I wouldn't worry. It's going to go free to play. Yeah, if it's if it goes free to play, I'll check I, it out. It absolutely will at some point. There's there's no way they they are selling enough copies of that game to keep it going. Hmm. So those are uh, the main RPGs, I guess. Dragon Age Inquisition that'll be our most anticipated, I guess. Um, the next one we have here is from Alex B. Um, he wrote in about Evolve. He said, "I'd be interested in hearing predictions for how the game would turn out after launch and if it go through Titanfall syndrome." Ooh. So of course, Titanfall was you know so so much weight on its shoulders it was the game that made it worth it to buy an xbox one mm-hmm. for a lot of people mm-hmm. um and there was just these crazy high expectations on that game and then it, it came and it was really fun i i really enjoyed it i picked it up for 360 mm-hmm. um but yeah i mean it was it's a really fun game um but i don't think it had the staying power that a lot of people thought it would yeah tight Titanfall. um i don't know it, it's, it's really fun i like the game Mm-hmm. But it almost felt like it wasn't finished. Like they threw a campaign in, but that campaign is is it's not a real campaign. It's just like it's just multiplayer. Yeah, I played maps. through the campaign. I had yeah. no idea what um, happened. <laughs> yeah, so the the campaign it's, it's useless. <laughs> and um, but Titanfall was missing like uh, a lot of features that are kind of commonplace in just multiplayer shooters now. Uh, like the you, mm-hmm. yeah. right from the get go, you couldn't set up private matches. So if you wanted to get it with like twelve friends and set up a private match, you couldn't do that. Uh, that's yeah, crazy. that's crazy. Uh, and it, they only had a couple modes, like Last Titan Standing, Capture the Flag, Domination, uh, Attrition, which is just Deathmatch, and then Pilot Hunter, which is Deathmatch, except you don't get any more points if you kill like <laughs> Titans. You have to kill pilots. So two versions of Deathmatch. So, so lots yeah, of Deathmatch. So yeah, yeah I'm, I'm sure it's really fun, but it gets old really fast. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so he's, he's concerned that Evolve may be getting overhyped and... Um, you know, maybe not able to live up to that. I I don't think that Evolve has this the kind of hype machine behind it that Titanfall did. Yeah, um, I don't think so either. I think, although I do think that uh, video game journalists are sort of trying to hype it up. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what the reason for that is, but they're they're definitely. I've read articles that are just super glowing and watched videos of people talking about you know their their gameplay impressions. And you know, don't don't get me wrong. I'm really excited about. Uh, evolve, um, and I, I loved Left for Dead. Like that game was mm-hmm. so fun. I played that so much when it came out. Um, but also, I have to I have to put a little disclaimer here. I have played the Evolve Alpha, so I I uh, by playing it, you basically sign a non disclosure 
Um, so I can't tell you any specifics, but I will tell you I've played the game and um, like I'm glad it was delayed. Oh, okay. <laughs> Let's put it that way. It 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 definitely I I had a really hard time following what was happening. So I'll, mm. I'll, I think that's yeah. vague enough. Well, you know, that, and that happens a lot of games. <laughs> I remember um, Night Dog saying like The Last of Us, which is like this amazing game everybody loves. And up until a few months before that thing came out, it was also delayed. But up until a few months mm-hmm. before it came out, they said, it, it, we have almost everything we want in there, but it's not fun. It wasn't fun to play until like finally it clicked at the end. So hopefully hopefully that delay is exactly yeah, what I've they heard, need. I've heard that too. Was that a pun intended there? Oh, gosh. At the end? Uh. Oh, <laughs> no, he didn't. Oh, yes, I did. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so expectations are reasonably high because of the pedigree of Turtle Rock Studios, you know, Left for Dead. And, uh, you know, it's just it's one of those games that resonated with so many people. Um, but yeah, that's I, I think Evolve maybe doesn't suffer as much from the the hype burden that Titanfall will or has. Um, but yeah, it kind of remains to be seen how how it turns out. Um, I'm optimistic for it. I think it looks really fun. Um, but yeah, I mean, we'll see how many people are playing because that's one of those games like if you mm-hmm. don't know four other dudes with a PS4 or an Xbox one or, you know, a good PC, um, then yeah, that are getting the game who can also play with you, then it's, it's not going to be great for you. Yeah, that's definitely the case. Um, I, I hope, you know, also that didn't help during the alpha. I had no one to play with other than strangers. So, (laughs) yeah. And I, maybe that's why some of these game journalists have come away glowing so much from, you know, like TGS or not TGS, uh, like Gamescom or E3, you know, Mm -hmm. they play the game there and they're there with like their best buds or at least their colleagues and peers or or their colleagues. Yeah, exactly. That they're really familiar with who are also good at those kinds of games. They can get in there and have these really competitive that kind of make sense. So, but, you know, it kind of remains to be seen how it does real world. Um, But yeah, so next Twitter question, we have a couple more here and then we'll get into the meat and potatoes of the show, Mm. um, which is... I love meat and potatoes. Yeah, which are our, (laughs) each one of us uh, has brought one big topic to the table uh, to discuss. So, um, but yeah. Huge huge topic. Yes. Cry Gamer uh, (laughs) writes in... uh, what game do you guys think is the hidden gem of this year from now on? Oh, that's a that's a so, tough one. Um, yeah, so and, games that aren't released yet. Yeah, games that aren't released yet that are coming out in 2014 that maybe not getting the hype that are not getting much hype, but are probably going to be amazing. Uh, what went and this kind of ties into my topic a little bit, but um, the uh, the new Simogo game, the guys who made Device yeah. Six. They have a new a new game coming called The Sailor's yeah. Dream, and that it at least on their website it says it's coming in 2014. That game looks really cool from the trailer. If you haven't seen the trailer, you guys should check it out. Um, but yeah, I mean that that for me that's my hidden gem pick. Yeah, I really I really love Device Six. I'm hoping that's great. Um, hidden gems, that's ah, tough. Like we, it's I feel like we know so much about a lot of the games that are coming out. Um, there is one I feel mm-hmm. like it had a lot of press initially, then it totally dropped off the map, and that was uh, Lords of the Fallen, which looks mm-hmm. very much like another kind of Dark Souls clone, but with faster combat. It actually looks mm-hmm. really clean and really polished, and I think it's one of those games that maybe it'll come out this year and, and people start playing it next year at some point. And really, like, oh, it was actually really good, but who knows? Huh. Yeah, that's cool. 
Um, I would say my pick, um, and this is pure speculation. I've, I've only seen a few gameplay videos of it, but um, Far Cry 4 looks really fun to me. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, obviously, the execution will be vital, but to me, I think that might end up being my favorite. It, it looks game. really good. Um, yeah, that that ties that ties into Agent Forty Seven O Nine's Twitter question: What is your most anticipated game oh. in twenty fourteen? <laughs> Mine is is Far is Cry it? Four. Oh, sorry, did I answer the question? <laughs> no, 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 <laughs> no, no. That's fine. Yeah, I don't okay. know that Far Cry Four is going to be a hidden gem. I feel like that yeah. one's going to get plenty of marketing push, but at the same time, you know the. Um, that is that's definitely that game looks really good yeah uh it doesn't have a release date yet but it's set for uh fourth quarter 2014 but i am really really excited about uh hotline miami too oh yeah yeah that game looks good um nintetti he writes in what is your all-time favorite video game mascot and why (laughs) i can tell you which one isn't uh sonic gosh Uh that they just they need to stop (laughs) making sonic gotta go fast <laughs> it just needs to end. Sonic just likes to go fast, and that's kind of a, an annoying trait. He plays it fast and loose, <laughs> just like the controls in his game. Oh, oh snap! Um, yeah. Anyway, um, yeah. I, I gosh, at first I was like, "Oh, Crash Bandicoot," because I was such mm. a. It was so funny. Like back in in high school, David and I would go back and debate pay, PlayStation One versus Nintendo sixty four, <laughs> which one was superior. <laughs> Um, and it was these ridiculously unreasonable, uh, arguments, but yeah. And he would always go with, you know, oh, Mario is such a better character, which I'm, I don't know if that's yours, David, but, um, yeah, yeah Mario is such I a better character. And I was either. like, no, it's all about Crash Bandicoot. And that was like in the day of those, those kind of like, uh, sassy Sony ads where Crash Bandicoot is like standing outside of Nintendo with a bullhorn. Oh my stuff. gosh. And I remember those for some reason. <laughs> Yeah, super so, hip, super nineties, uh, so nineties, so cool. Yeah, so there was uh that, I, I, and I loved that first game so much, and the second one was good too. But that first yeah. one, I sat there and I found every damned box and I <laughs> broke it, and uh, so it was one of those that I had to hundred percent for some reason. So that I, I guess I'd go with Crash. Yeah, I loved Crash. Those games were really fun. Um, but as far as a nineties or as far as a mascot goes, I. I definitely knew that he was going to not age well. And I, I, that's that's a weird thing that I have where I, I can kind of, you know, guys, I'm really awesome. No, that's not what I'm trying I'm to so do. I'm so smart and handsome. <laughs> that's all I'm trying to say. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so smart and handsome. Is that what you just said? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, look um, at me. I'm David. I'm so smart and handsome. I'm right about things. But I, I just have this ability to tell what things will stand the test of time and what things will not. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Crash is gone like there's nothing with him anymore it it was a Um, flash in the pan for sure mm -hmm. um however i you know i'm not sure if this completely qualifies but sony definitely was putting a lot of backing behind parappa the rapper (laughs) oh and i i feel like he was a mascot for sony yeah definitely and and, uh i think he's probably my favorite yeah he's so awesome i mean again he's kind of 90s and dated um but he didn't like try the whole attitude thing, really. He, you know, like if you watch the cutscenes, he's a super sweet, super nice character. Yeah, you know, he was just a cool dude who liked to rhyme. You know, yeah, he, he just busts out some rhymes with you know the onion dude. Well, he he still lives on in PlayStation All Stars, so you can you can play that. That's true. Well, so does Crash. Isn't Crash in that? Is Crash <laughs> not in that game? Oh yeah, that's not a yeah. Sony. Oh no, Crash yeah. couldn't. I, I don't think they could get Crash because oh. yeah, because of licensing. He belongs to, oh gosh, I can't remember what company, but anyway. 
Wow. Um, okay, so and our final our final uh, Twitter question for today, anyway, is from Ad Furnace. Um, is physical media dying? If the Xbox One's original digital distribution version or vision had gone ahead, would it have been that bad? Uh, digital marketplace, etc. I et cannot wait for the day where I don't have to have discs in my house anymore. <laughs> I totally agree with that. I want everything digital. I want every Blu-ray just to have ultraviolet. Um, mm-hmm. I just yep. want all my content digital. Now that I have it that way, I love it. So Yeah, I, I'm totally with you. It's it, Physical media is definitely dying in my house. Um, but who knows, as far as you know, the, the whole of the industry, I think a lot of people are still buying retail discs. Yeah, yeah it, sure. it, it won't be anytime really soon, but yeah, I, I, mean, I think eventually. There's two, there's two really big benefits to uh, retail discs. Um, and one is... Uh, used buying used games although GameStop is very quickly killing that market by only dropping the price by five dollars for used games which is just absurd um but uh so that's one benefit and the other one is like just being able to like let your friend borrow the game to see if it's any good you know yeah and uh so i think the only reason that people were so upset about the xbox one's features um is that they didn't have a choice they were mandatory and to me that's why they ended up having to you know, tuck their tail between their legs and change course on, uh, you know, having every game, once you put the disc in, it's your game and that's it. You can't trade it in. You can't give it to other people. People didn't have any any choice in that. And that feels like a dictator, you know, like you can't do this with yeah. your stuff. And so I think that's why they ended up having to change Xbox One. But I think ultimately, I mean, that's where it's going. That's what Steam already does. It's what mm-hmm. uh, Blizzard is going that way now. Like you can... You know, you can uh, tie your games, like even your older games, you can tie them to your Battle.net account. And like, for example, I don't know where my Warcraft 3 discs are, but I can still install it because I added it to my account. Um, but then now it means nobody can borrow my games. But actually for PC, now that I think about it, it's been that way for a long time. Yeah, it really has. So are you guys ready? to delve into the meat and potatoes topics. Yes. yes. Okay. Um, who wants to go wait, first? Wait, no. Wait, no. Yes. Okay, no. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and by the way, thank you so much for everyone who tweeted in a question. That is really cool. Yeah, those were and great I, questions. Yeah, keep them yeah. coming. Those are fun. Definitely keep them coming. We'll do our best to, uh, to answer as many as we can uh, as time permits. Okay, so my topic for uh, for this week um, is pleasant surprise games. So these are games that maybe you had no expectation going in or, or just kind of lower expectations, and then they just blew your mind. Mm-hmm. Um, so one of them, I, I listed uh, three here. I'll, I'll just quickly touch on the first two, and then uh, the main one I, I'll, I'll talk about for a little bit. But um, Device 6 from Simogo, that uh, came out last year for iOS, it's uh you know an interactive text adventure game um basically it just has it's just chock full of all these ingenious puzzles um the art direction the sound design uh even the way that the typographical design is just really top notch just a gorgeous looking game um and just a really fun game so that was one that i i'd heard oh that's pretty cool and so i i checked it out on ipad and i was like oh my gosh mike you got to play device six. <laughs> so that was definitely one that like took me by storm. Um, the next one uh, is brothers, a tale of two sons. Now, oh, I haven't played that yet. Okay. So that I didn't love it the same way you did, but it is a good game. Yeah. So 
Yeah, Mike and I have talked about that a bit. Um, yeah, he didn't love it as much as I did. There was there were uh, certain things, and I it's funny because I I cannot tell, I can't just say it on a podcast because people who haven't played it might be listening. But um, there's <laughs> like there's me. a there's a, a I've never in my life played a game that a mechanic a button press a, a pressing one button instead of another actually made me tear up like it was <laughs> it's an ingenious bit of design uh that game is made by Starbreeze um last year it came out last year for PC 360 and PS3 and it, it has these unique kind of twin stick mechanics where you control one brother with the left stick and uh and the other brother with the right stick so you have to kind of split your brain sometimes it breaks your brain a little bit but um but yeah just a really ingenious bit of design um in some of the later parts of that game um but yeah so my main my main uh pleasant surprise game has to be wolfenstein the new order hmm. um that game i want to play it so bad it's, it's so good like um came out in may uh it's made by machine games which is a relatively new studio i think they're like five years old um, Swedish studio, and actually they are. Uh, it was that's a studio that was formed by Starbreeze alumni. So some of the people oh. from the same studio as uh, as Made Brothers. Um, and it was kind of funny because as I looked that up, and uh, and I know Samogo is a Swedish company. I was like, oh my gosh, all three of my pleasant surprise games are from Swedish studios. It's <laughs> <laughs> kind of funny. Those Swedes, man, they're tricky. Yeah, they they know what's up. No, I, it's actually a weird thing. A lot of great stuff comes from Sweden, and I I'm still trying to figure that out. Minecraft is from Sweden. Yeah, tricky Swedes. But yeah, half I think... of my furniture. <laughs> <laughs> IKEA. Yeah, the. Uh, um, but yeah, I mean, I think it, it could have something to do with the fact that being you know from Sweden, uh, those developers and publishers may, they don't have. Activision money to just like dump all over the television with the ads, you know. <laughs> so it's like, yeah, uh, maybe that's why these kind of these games kind of just slip in and then are just great off of their quality alone, and that maybe that contributes to it. But anyway, um, but yeah, so this uh, Starbreeze, if you're not familiar, they they had made Riddick, uh, one of those Riddick games, Escape from Butcher Bay, which got reviewed really well, and The Darkness, uh, which. My brother's uh, all-time favorite, Mike Patton. <laughs> he made the... Oh, yeah, the, yeah. Yeah, he did the voice for uh, The Darkness, quote-unquote. Um, but yeah, I mean, it just... The game itself, just... It has such a great story. Um, and it's and it's kind of shocking because when you play a Wolfenstein game, you don't really expect, um, like, really good storytelling or anything much of interest other than, like, oh, you're going to be able to shoot a bunch of Nazis, you know? <laughs> like... Um, <laughs> But yeah, it has this whole alternate history bent, uh, World War II, like 10 years later kind of a thing. Uh, like what would have happened if the Nazis had discovered some kind of crazy technology that um, that gave them the edge in the war like they were so, you know, adamantly searching for. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, just the campaign was really big. Was, I think it was like 15 hours or so, which is that's pretty great for a single player campaign these days. Um, and then, yeah, it definitely had shades of bioshock in there as far as design and not necessarily that it was uh had an art deco style or anything but it just had that that thing where you're walking through the world and it feels so lived in and so hmm. well thought out there's a story everywhere you look kind of a thing that's really cool yeah so um and of course i mean it looks amazing on ps4 that's where i played it um running on it tech 5 uh, which that's like Rage is built on. So that, I thought that oh. was kind of interesting because Rage, you know, came out for PS3. Um, that's a really pretty game for a PS3 game. And I remember yeah. when they first talked about id Tech 5, how scalable it was going to be. 
and because uh, they wanted one engine to be able to do their high-end PC stuff and also like 360 and PS3 at the time. Mm-hmm. And um, But yeah, I mean, it, it looks fantastic, and it's running the same engine as Rage. And I guess the Evil Within also will be running in uh, id Tech 5. Um, but yeah, and then I guess just one of the last things, just the, the way the pacing of the story, and it has these great peaks and valleys to where it's like so... It's like the crazy intense level, and then it gives you like this reprieve after that, kind of almost like The Last of Us. How you, hmm. if if it, if they kept the intensity at ten the whole time, you'd just been so fatigued you wouldn't want to play anymore. And yeah, I felt sure. that I felt that way for sure about this game too. Mm-hmm. Like the pacing was perfect. Um, yeah. So anyway, that's uh, that was my my spiel on that's the awesome. uh, the pleasant surprise games. Do you guys have any that you want to talk about? Yeah. Yeah. Um... I've I've got three I'll bring up really quick. I'll go through mine pretty quickly because I know we're we're gonna start running short on time here. But um this one's probably not a big surprise for a lot of other people, but Mass Effect 2, uh when it came to the PS3, I didn't have a 360, so I didn't play Mass Effect One uh or Mass Effect Two right when it came out. We got it like a year later. Uh or maybe not quite a year. Um but I ended up loving that game. I played it six times all the way through. <laughs> oh, wait. You played Mass Effect 2 six times? I played it six times. So, uh, four of those times. Well, I played it, of course, <laughs> one one through completely Paragon, one through completely Renegade. And then I did that again, uh, changing the classes around just to see how these other classes played out. And then it was getting pretty close to Mass Effect 3 coming out, and my PlayStation, uh, my PlayStation 3, finally, the hard drive died. Oh. And I had to buy a new PlayStation, and this was pre-PlayStation Plus day, so I had no cloud save. I just lost so all sad. that data. So it's I had so to play sad. it through again as Paragon, and I was like, well, <laughs> I'm going to want to play it Renegade on Mass Effect 3 as well, so I, I might as well play it again <laughs> twice. So yeah, it's six total playthroughs of that game, um, but I, I loved it. Oh my gosh! <laughs> that is insanity. It is. But awesome insanity. Yeah. A good kind. Yeah. So And... uh it's just a, a great storage of game. Everyone knows what that is, so I don't have to get too far into it. And but I will mention, uh, Femshep is the best. Jennifer Hale, she's fantastic. Yeah, yeah, everyone says that. I've never played Mass Effect as a female. You need I to. Don't, I don't know what's wrong with Jennifer me. Hale's yeah, like an I'm... amazing voice actress. I think she definitely oh, I agree. outclasses. She's really good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I played through as Femshep as well. Loved that game. If yeah, if there's any game that you have to play through six times, Mass Effect Two is not a bad one to it's do. It's so it good. Yeah. It's true. Uh, I remember um, now, you said, Mike. You said that Mass Effect. Uh, it looks at least Mass Effect Two. That's like your Star Wars. That's it is. Yeah, as yeah. Far as like that's a, that's a crazy out. thing people don't know about me a lot. I don't like Star Wars that much. That seems crazy yeah, that to a lot of people. Crazy. I don't. No, it isn't. It doesn't seem crazy. It is. I I don't own any. Like <laughs> I I don't mind those movies uh, except the prequels are really really bad. But um, yeah, they're pretty bad. I don't own the original trilogy on DVD or Blu-ray or anything crazy like that. <sighs> I if they happen to be on TV and there's nothing else on, I might watch them, but. I'm seething in my chair. I can I can only imagine. <laughs> so, uh, and and it, that's not to say anything about Star Wars in general. I also don't like Star Trek or Stargate or anything with a star in front of it. it probably takes place in space. <laughs> I'm probably not what into it. What about Star Lord in Guardians of the Galaxy? So oh, good, awesome, so good. Wait, wait, but that has star in front. Yeah. Of it. So uh, are you, you're aware of that. And it wasn't if it wasn't for Mass Effect, I may have not given that a chance because I oh, I kind wow. of wrote off like the space based sci fi genre in total. I just wasn't into it. Um, but wow. yeah, Mass Effect was so good that it kind of turned like turned me around on that whole thing. And uh, well, good on it's, you, it saved Guardians of the Galaxy, guys. It saved it. <laughs> that movie would have been oh. terrible. I have a question for you. <laughs> I have a question for yeah, you, Mike. Um, when you played Mass Effect Two, yes. Um, but by the time you had it, did they have that little 
uh, opening comic thing yes. that let you make all the decisions in one. Yeah, and it was the only way I had any idea what happened in one because we still didn't have we didn't get one until like I don't know like a year two years later. Yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, that's right. You played it on PS3. So, yeah, okay. mm-hmm. yeah. I answered I answered my own question just now. <laughs> so. <laughs> yeah, so Mike Mike had played two and three, and then I bought Mass Effect trilogy and got all three of them, and then uh, and I loaned him one. Yeah, so, so one is essentially a prequel for me. <laughs> yeah, it's so interesting. <laughs> Um, now, if I do, you want to derail the show, uh, David, and tell <laughs> your awesome Star Wars story that you told me oh, last no. night? Uh, oh, okay. So, yeah, derailing <laughs> the show. Uh, I'm I uh, am a freelancer in New York City, which means uh, I do motion graphics and visual effects, and I go to various studios. I'm always meeting new people because you know this week I'll be at this studio, next week I'll be at this studio. Um, so uh, this last uh, freelance stint that I've been doing was at this company. And this guy comes up to me, and uh, he, he completely dead serious look on his face, and he notices my Star Wars shirt, and he says, hey, I see you're a Star Wars fan. I'm like, yeah, I am. He's like, yeah. Um, I don't really like the original trilogy, uh, but I really like the prequels. I think they're really good. <laughs> and completely serious look on his face. I'm smiling, because I think he's joking, but I'm not sure. <laughs> he's so serious about it. I'm not sure. He he goes on to say, yeah, and I think that um, Attack of the Clones is the best movie of the prequels. Um, it's probably <laughs> the best Star Wars movie ever made. And I'm like, okay, um, okay, sure. And uh, he's like, yeah, I mean, Hayden Christensen is just such an amazing actor. Like he's <laughs> he's just so undervalued as an actor th- these days. And so, what, what moment in this conversation did you realize it was Hayden Christensen? <laughs> oh, the guy talking yeah. to me. <laughs> No, but here, I, I, let me let me continue. So, so he he keeps going. He's he starts saying like, yeah, like the the love story between Hayden Christensen and Natalie Portman. There was just so much chemistry because they're both really attractive people, and that's what that's what you need for good chemistry. So, <laughs> so at this point, I can't. I'm I'm laughing here and there, even though he's still completely serious. He has not dropped the act, <laughs> and and then he starts quoting lines. <laughs> from from the movie as Hayden Christensen, and he sounds exactly like him. Like he, he I've never heard a better Hayden Christensen impersonation in my life. It's amazing. I, I actually can't quote Attack of the Clones because I'm not a fan at all. But I was just blown, and I just started laughing out loud. And he, he <laughs> never once cracked a smile. And uh, <laughs> and you know, eventually the conversation ended. He never admitted he was kidding. And he walked away. That's so amazing. <laughs> but he had to be. That's the only thing. Like, no, there's was, no way. Like, and there's no way unless it's Hayden Christensen that he would believe <laughs> any of that. Yeah, it, he definitely was kidding because because I got to know him a little bit over the last few weeks, and like he, that's just a sense of humor. He loves okay. to troll people in real life, and uh, oh, so that's great. It was amazing. Um, so, Mike, did you have any other unexpected surprises? Yeah, or was that um, your... I'll, I'll, for the sake of, of time, I'll, I'll go through them really quickly. But uh, my second was uh, Spec Ops The Line. I okay. played that game not really knowing what it was. And I probably 20 minutes in, I almost put it away because it seemed like just a generic military shooter. Uh, third person, hmm. cover-based. I, I wasn't really getting into it. Um, but it, yeah, uh, Colin Moriarty of IGN had raved about that game saying, like, it's very special. You need to put some time into it. It's great give it a chance. And, and so I spent a little more time with it. And yeah, he was right. That game is amazing. Um, if you have not played Spec Ops Line, I won't spoil it, but you need to play that game. It actually, hmm. it's really, really great. So the, the premise is like, um, 
you're you're playing as uh, Captain Martin Walker, who's uh, part of this Delta Force, you know, elite squad, and you're dropped off in Dubai, which has been like half buried under a crazy sandstorm, and uh, you guys haven't heard back from the soldiers who went there to help out, and you'll find pretty quickly in the game that you're supposed to just report back what you find, but you find some dead American soldiers. And so your character says, nope, it's going to be a rescue mission now. We need to keep moving forward. And as that game keeps moving forward, just time after time, you are forced into these horrible, horrible situations. And this game is just one huge downward spiral. Um, very inspired by like, the heart of darkness. Um, hmm. And it's, it, it's very clear by the time you get to the end of it, that it's sort of a, commentary on the military shooter genre in in general and how that combat is really when you think about it it's not fun it it specifically puts you into situations to make the game unfun like probably about an hour into it you start having to fight against american soldiers and it puts you in this very weird moral quandary about fighting americans um and it really makes you think about what you're doing and there's multiple endings but I can't. I wish I could. I wish I could tell you more about. It. We could do a whole episode about that show. But yeah, essentially, yeah, we definitely could. Think that, a, that game. Think about what if there, if you played a game that had a morality uh, a morality system in it, but there's no mm-hmm. there's no paragon meter, there's no renegade meter. The morality of that system is just things are going to happen, and how you as the player react personally to it is that's the morality system. Um, wow. And really, I I don't think I've ever played a game, finished it, and then just put the control down. I'm like, well, I'm depressed for the next month. <laughs> this is terrible um it's really good I, I can't recommend it enough um yeah i'm i'm with you on that one that game i played through and i remember everyone like I, by the time i played it it had come to playstation plus i begged you for a year to play that game just so i could talk to you about it exactly yeah i know mike was just like you have to play it so we can talk <laughs> like he's he's watching youtube videos talking about it and stuff but yeah so i, I finally played it and yeah that was a game that I, I'm I'm playing it and I'm like, yeah, this is okay, you know. And then I, I get a little further and I'm like, this is really weird. And then like about halfway through something happens, you do something in the game and it's just like, Oh my gosh, like I can't believe I just did that. <laughs> you know, like oh, man. there's uh so there's it it definitely it kind of calls into question why we love first person shooters. Why do we like playing a game where we shoot a bunch of dudes in the head? You know, like there's a lot there's a, a really kind of poignant uh poignancy to that game uh that is really rare so i'm, I'm a, I'm a poignant you. poignancy it's the most poignant <laughs> it's the most poignant possible yeah and i know i'm not i'm not giving it um i'm not giving it the time it deserves but we can spend a ton of time on that game but we'd have to spoil everything plus 10 plus yeah. 10 points but yes if, if you have not played that game go pick it up it's absolutely amazing uh awesome. and my very last pick was um la noir that's another oh, game man. I've played, and nobody else I know has has really played it. But it's fantastic. It's it's a, a game where you uh, play a detective in 1947 LA. Um, the whole game is very influenced by like film noir um, mm-hmm. uh, films. Uh, but the the great part about it, it it's kind of like a Grand Theft Auto style open world, drive anywhere you want. But you're handed cases, you need to go drive to the case, collect the evidence, interview. Uh, witnesses interview suspects and you have to like determine if they're lying exactly right? like, and, and the way they did that yeah, was so that. was so great they uh they used this new technology called motion scan which was 
basically having actors come in and they would use 32 separate cameras to record every tiny motion of their face. And it's probably the best kind of like facial capture I've ever seen in a game. So, you know, you're mm-hmm. playing Detective Cole Phelps, who's played by Aaron Stanton uh, from Mad Men. And yeah, yeah, yeah it looks yeah. just like him. You get all those little subtle nuances from his performance. And you're going to notice probably every like great character actor from like film and TV that you're used to seeing in, in this game somewhere. Some of them I just have like, these bit parts <laughs> as bartenders, but everybody's role is so crucial because the their performance kind of is is very important to capture so that you can play detective. It's it's absolutely amazing. And that's a really great one if you have a, a wife or a girlfriend or uh, for you know women that play games and their their husbands or or boyfriends are into it. That's such a cool game to play with your significant other because it's not so actiony. It's very much based on just storytelling and characters and like having discussions about, about cases on... absolutely it's yeah. like getting it's getting yeah. to play through an interactive uh, procedural cop drama um yeah in this really interesting noir kind of backdrop so highly recommend it it's so That's good really cool yeah it was kind of fun i one time i was over at, at mike's and uh i found where my brother lives in la but in like oh. the 1947 like nine... version of it yeah exactly the 1940s version of la i was like oh that's this road oh my gosh this is where my brother lives and it's like because he he lived in this big loft is Uh, it accurate roads like are they the right names yeah all the all the major streets in fact they a lot of la is actually really accurate i'm sure there's some filler in there somewhere it's probably not completely like scale for scale but it's really good Hmm. yeah it's it's a it's a little chunk of it and then they've you know consolidated some stuff but i was able to find like the cross street of the corner of his building i was like oh my gosh and i took a picture of it like hey i found your found your house in an old game or in a game yeah so that was pretty cool that is awesome yeah i i have that game for ps3 and for steam and i just i haven't gotten past like the first five minutes i want to every time but then i just forget about it and life happens and <laughs> <laughs> so I, I should probably go back and play yeah it it's it's game. really good i highly recommend it cool um i actually have a few games too um one of them this one's this one's crazy because i know some people were excited for it but um i was i was really shocked by how much i loved it and that was um batman arkham asylum yeah um, oh yeah yeah like i just i'd never heard of rocksteady before I had never played a Batman game that I liked. Um, yeah. And uh, like all of a sudden this game comes out. And also I was like, oh, it's only an Arkham Asylum. And that's I don't really like Arkham Asylum that much. Um, but man, I played that game. And, you know, like we were talking about how Darksiders wanted to be Zelda. Um, but it never really scratched the Zelda itch for me. Um, Batman Arkham Asylum came out. And all of a sudden I'm like, man, I I don't need to play a Metroid game for, uh, Metroid game for a while now because this game... <laughs> totally scratched my metroid itch and uh yep. and man i just i just loved the the goodness out of that game yeah um, i 100 percent agree with you on that one and then uh, arkham city came out and that game was even better open world super fun that wasn't th- that's just sort of a bonus that's not my right favorite. but anyway um so yeah rock steady and i'm excited that they're making the new it looks Batman so good game. oh it yeah really it's amazing yeah, I, I'm with you. Arkham City, uh, I loved Arkham Asylum like crazy. Um, and then Arkham City came and that was like the greatest superhero game ever made to me. Um, and it wasn't until maybe Infamous Second Son came out that I got anywhere close to Arkham City. I still feel like Arkham City is the champ, but mm-hmm. um, Second Son was really close for me yeah. anyway. Um, so my second pick is, um, so 
I never played uh, any of the previous versions. Like, so this was this was not the first game in the series. I never played any of the uh, older ones, but I heard some of them were pretty good. But Far Cry Three all of a sudden came out, and all of a sudden I found myself spending every second that I had free playing Far Cry Three <laughs> until until I eventually beat it. And uh, I, there's just something about the open worldness and how you could tackle every base differently. Um, and just like the fire system and every, the game was just fun. It was just so much fun. Um, so I was really surprised by that. Um, and then my third pick, I have one more pick, um, this game called, uh, heroes of the storm by a little company that some of you may have heard of called blizzard entertainment. Um, so, you know, Starcraft two came out and I loved it. That game was super fun. Um, but I never really liked World of Warcraft. Um, I liked Warcraft 3, but not World of Warcraft. Like It seemed like Blizzard was kind of done making games that I liked. And then also Diablo 3 came out, and that was fun. But then they announced like Hearthstone and Heroes of the Storm. And I'm like, oh, it's a card game and a MOBA. Like I don't like MOBAs. I tried playing Dota 2. Um, it's just too competitive, and I just don't have any fun. Like, I, you know, I'm not good enough to have fun at a, at a MOBA game. Um, but then I got invited to the Heroes of the Storm Alpha, and um, I, you know, I'm like, okay, I'll try it out. So I, you know, I installed it, played it, and again, kind of like with with uh, Far Cry Three, I just played it every spare second I had. Um, and then, you know, like my friend, our, our friends Eric got into it, and um, Nick Wagner got into it, and you know, I we started playing, and it was just super fun. And somehow they found a way to take one of the most competitive kinds of games that there are and, and just make it super approachable. Like, you know, all the characters are fun and you get to play as like blizzard characters from games like world Warcraft three characters, um, Starcraft characters, Diablo characters. Um, and, uh, I, it's just, it's really fun. I think once that game comes out, it is going to be huge. Um, because there is a competitive element to it, but you can also play it even if you kind of suck. Um, like their matchmaking, <laughs> <laughs> their matchmaking is is really good. And the only thing I find myself wishing, which this is a silly thing, and you know, like I play PC games a lot, but I don't like to use keyboard and mouse. Um, I use I like to use a controller. Um, like I actually bought the the PS4 version of Diablo three and have already played that more than the PC version of Diablo three, because like I don't have to sit there and give myself carpal tunnel syndrome while I'm playing a game. <laughs> <laughs> I do that enough in my work. You know, I don't yeah. have to. Go, go ahead and do that in video games too. So I wish there was some way they could figure out how to like let you plug in a controller and play Heroes of the Storm that way. But that that'll probably never happen. But it's it's still really that's fun. awesome. Yeah. So I, I've heard yeah, of that, but yeah. I haven't I haven't had a chance to actually sit down and play anything like that. Oh, that's right. You actually played League of yeah. Legends for a little while. Didn't I did you? play League of Legends for a while, and that, I I got into that for a little bit. It was really fun. So um, I'd like to see something from Blizzard. They, their games are usually so polished. Um, like you mm-hmm. said with, with Hearthstone. I'm not into card games, never have been, but I had a lot of fun with that one. So I would definitely play a MOBA from them. Yeah, that was another surprise. Yeah, it's fun. So hopefully it comes out soon. I know right now it's offline. I just went and checked um, <laughs> earlier today just to see, and it's offline right now. So they're doing some some uh, upgrading or something. Sure. I don't know what they're doing, but it, it's already super polished and it's not even in beta. That's yet. awesome. So yeah, so that's that. Um, my topic was, um, 
Actually, I just forgot. <laughs> <laughs> David's topic is Valve. What is your next game? <laughs> oh, yeah. I can't believe it. I've been sitting here thinking about it this whole time, and then my mind, it, performance anxiety, I just went completely <laughs> blank. Um, yeah, so I, I released this tweet, uh, or I posted this tweet on October 1st, saying, uh, anyone else remember a time when Valve made video games? Man, those were the days. Um, like it, you know, it seems like they made Dota two and Team Fortress two, and they're like, okay, we're done making games. We're just going to support those mm-hmm. games for the rest of time. And uh, like, they're good games. You know, I played Dota two for a little while. It's just too competitive right. for me. I can't handle it. Team Fortress two actually is very similar. It's very competitive um, if you really get into it, and uh, it's fun. But I'm just not good enough to be good at it. And um, like, they announced um, Half Life two episode three like back in 2006 and that is not yeah like there's no release date for it still um like yeah. that's ridiculous we're coming up we're coming up on that game that we're coming uh, out. nine years almost and and that yeah yeah so and like there's been no news of portal three um there's been nothing about left for dead there's been like leaks about maybe yeah. left for dead three but with Turtle Rock being gone from the studio now, I don't I don't even know if I'm excited about Left 4 Dead mm, 3, you know? Right. So Personally, I think we'll probably see a Portal 3 before we see a Half-Life 3. I'm with you. Yeah, probably. That's probably true. And that also kind of makes me sad because they left Portal 2, or I'm sorry, Half-Life 2 Episode 2 on such a huge cliffhanger. Like probably the yeah. biggest cliffhanger, maybe not the <laughs> biggest, but one of the biggest cliffhangers of the series. And... um I just want to. I just want to know what happens to Alex Vance and Gordon Freeman, and like. So anyway, all that said, what game do you think is going to be know, their next game? Yeah. Mike already said probably Portal Three. Is that what you're? Yeah, that, that'd be my guess. I'm optimistic. I hope it's Portal Three because I love Portal and Portal Two. But yeah. um, you know, there's uh, there's an interview in the Wall Street Journal that Gabe Newell gave back in January, um, where he was talking mm-hmm. about you know he just made kind of an off the cuff remark that people are reading a lot into. Um, but it kind of makes sense that they're reading into it because he said something along the lines of, um, you know, so-and-so may be really good at making half-life levels or something, but realistically for our business, you know, we need to be focusing on like uh, multiplayer experiences and stuff. So it, and it kind of ties into like the structure of valve um, because they're a very unorthodox company. Like they have, Essentially, they they have job titles, but they don't have like departments that work on one thing. Like, you don't get hired at Valve and then make multiplayer maps for five years, you know, until you leave. It's like mm-hmm. you 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 get hired at Valve and then then they, they essentially just pull in. They kind of poach top talent from all over the industry, and they say, "Come work at Valve. You know, we'll give you you know how much money do you want to make? Essentially, you can take whatever days. We don't track sick days, vacation days. Just take whatever time you need." Um, work on whatever projects you want to work on. (laughs) And so that's the thing. Like when Gabe Newell talks about like Half-Life 3, like, oh, you know, not a lot of people are interested in making that right now. It's just like, (sighs) it it kills me. But yeah, it's like at the same time, that's how their studio works. And they have steamed and their 65 million users to fall back on financially. So they don't Mm -hmm. need to make games. That's the sad thing. Like, And so if nobody over there feels like making Half-Life 3, we may never see it. And that's 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 uh, a crazy thing about them is, is Steam is yeah. so successful. It kind of negates their need to ever make games again. So they don't have to. And that makes me and really sad. Yeah. <laughs> it, it does because they're very talented. Um, yeah. But I think I think even like look at the Steam box is a great example. Like 
they announced, oh, okay, and there's a Steam box. We're not making those, though. Anyone can right. just make their own. Like, we're not yeah. going to release a Valve Steam box. Yeah, that's crazy. So, like, that's, like, their own their own hardware platform, and they're not going to develop yeah. hardware for it. So that doesn't bode well for, like, their internal projects of any kind. Here's the thing, too. Uh, just historically, I mean, this may, this may be a silver lining kind of thing, but uh, historically, if you look, Half-Life, the original, came out in 96, and Half-Life 2, we didn't get till 2004. Hmm. So that was like, <laughs> you know, those that's from the beginning. It's kind of been this way, you know, eight years for the sequel. And in between, they were doing like Counter-Strike and stuff. So, um, but yeah, I mean, it's kind of, it, it's kind of one of those things like, yeah, maybe, maybe Half-Life 3 does happen, but it's just like someone gets a wild hair at some point and goes, you know what, guys, we should make some Half-Life 3. And they're like, yeah. <laughs> and, then, and then they do it and we get it and we're all happy. <laughs> John, you make a really you make good, a good point. Bar- <laughs> we should make Half-Life 3. <laughs> Oh man. If anyone from Valve ever listens to this podcast, please please Just make please, another game. Please love do it. <laughs> Steam is great, but don't don't rest on Steam. Come on. Be proactive. Leave yeah. a legacy on this world. I mean, what what what's your legacy going to be? You sold a lot of video games that other people made? No. Yeah. Come on. Make something great. <laughs> anyway, there, there's my little pep talk. All <laughs> right. Well, now we come to the segment which I call end of the show plugs for men. Um, where oh, plugs for men. <laughs> wait, end of the. Sh- but what? What if we ever have a woman on? The well, show? then she's gonna have to temporarily be a man. <laughs> well, we can, we can, we can make allowances for that. Um, so yeah, on okay. Twitter, okay. Uh, follow the show at SBFVGS Podcast. Um, myself, Adam, I am at Barry White. That's B U R Y W I T E, and that's the same for PSN and Xbox Live. Um. Mike is at Taco Douglas, and David is at David J. Tate. And then also, uh, David has a quite successful, having been featured on Polygon and Kotaku, a YouTube channel. That's true. Uh, which he does these really great uh, Let's Play videos with a little bit of his, you know, motion graphics and design expertise thrown in there for extra polish. Um, <laughs> Every now and then. Yeah. I. Every now and then. Yeah. You, you may have heard of me. I, I go I go by Sir Dative uh, in, that, in that channel. Um I'm, I mean, I'm joking. Obviously, you, you probably haven't heard of me, but um, uh, that—that's just one of those things. Like being a freelancer, every now and then I find myself with a month with nothing to do, and um, so when I get bored and I need to start making stuff, because that's—I mean—that's why I'm a creative person. I have to create <laughs> stuff. So when I get bored and have nothing to do, I start making video game videos. So yeah, that's um, I'm over. Sir Dative Gaming is actually the full title. I think if you go to YouTube.com/slash uh, users slash Sir Dative Gaming. I think that works. Something like that. And Dative is just a it's just a bad spelling of David, right? Yeah, it, it's, <laughs> it just it reflects. I have a really really stupid sense of humor. Like I noticed, I made several <laughs> I made several jokes uh, tonight that uh, neither of you really chuckled at. So that's just something I'm used to. And uh, so, we're just a very stern, uh, like, serious podcast. <laughs> we're, we, don't, we don't appreciate what you're doing, by the way. <laughs> So, so yeah, just I'm like, hey, I need something. D- I need a dumb name, so I just, just misspelled David in my in my uh, username, and uh, Sir Dative was born. Awesome, awesome, yeah. And if uh, if you guys like the uh, the music of the podcast, um, I will have something to plug quite soon. Ooh, um, I'm gonna be releasing a, a little EP on uh, Bandcamp. Uh, yeah, hey, can up. we? I'm sorry, can we just stop for a second and applaud? Adam made that theme song. And I think you're about to hear it again. I think we'll end the, the podcast. It's so with it. good. 
I want that to it's go so, on for just like so two or three minutes. I need a full track of that. <laughs> Thanks, guys. So yeah, Adam, keep, yeah. keep plugging, keep plugging away. All right, all right. No, that that's it. Um, yeah, just uh, tweet any questions you have to SBFVGS podcast, um, and uh, yeah, let us know if you want to be part of the show. Um, and thanks again to everyone who did send in questions. Um, yeah, thanks, guys. Awesome, awesome questions. Appreciate it for our first episode. Yes. Yeah. All right. Well, that about wraps up the inaugural episode of Super Best Friends Video Game Sleepover. Woo! Thank you so much for listening. Uh, we'll be back every two weeks with another wondrous episode for you all. Hey, should should we wrap this up with a round of applause for ourselves? I just feel like we did a really good <laughs> Hooray! Job. We did it! Yeah. We did it! Plus 10 poignancy.